Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Thursday, October 15th, and it's time to begin our Week 6 Chicago Bears preview as the Bears will be traveling down to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, I know you were uh, very much the front runner or the spearheader of getting us a special guest to kind of top off today's episode. So you want to let people know who we have here with us? Yeah, absolutely. I don't even think this man needs an introduction. Senior writer at The Athletic, Adam Johns. You guys all know and listen to the Hogan Johns podcast. But yeah, we have Adam Johns here. Adam, how you doing today, man? Good, guys. You're, you're too nice. Too nice. It's good to talk to somebody else over Zoom other than Adam Hogue. So it's good to see <laughs> different faces other than that ugly mug that I look at three or four times a week. That's funny stuff. I'm glad to help out. And speaking of other Adam, we're still waiting for the ever-awaited crossover episode now, officially now that's with on Hogue. That, that's that's on Hogue. that's you know i'm all game so let's get on his case for that you know he's just too busy covering white Sox stuff and, and whatnot <laughs> true and like he said we're too nice so we don't get on him and we should get on him and we should hold him a little bit more accountable to do Bug this the hell out of him <laughs> <laughs> all right let me write this down star circled underline bug the hell out of Adam Hogue. I can do that. Nick, you can too. I know you can. You do a good job of bugging me. So I know you can do it to other Adam as True. well. So Adam, welcome to our preview show. I have you here for the top of the episode here. And we begin every preview show with just an initial perception of the opponent. Quick 20, 30 seconds of just what type of team the Bears are going up this week. And since you're the guest, I'll give the honors of just giving us your quick take of the Carolina Panthers. Well, I'm generally surprised that they're doing this well. You know, I kind of had them written them off as this team in, you know, partial rebuild mode, you know, with a new coach coming from, you know, Matt Rules coming from college, you know, so a lot of question marks there, but I think they're pleasantly surprised by what they're getting from Teddy Bridgewater. If you look at all his stats across the board, very impressive start for him. So if I'm starting anywhere with the Panthers, it's what Teddy Bridgewater is doing and the success he's having. What about you, Nick? Looking at the Carolina Panthers, what's your just initial perception? Yeah, I think when looking at this 2020 season, you kind of circled this matchup between the Bears and Panthers. Like, that's where maybe the Bears can get a, you know, a good victory there. But now, through five weeks, it's kind of changed because this Panthers team's been playing some good football as of late. And Teddy Bridgewater, like Adam was saying, 
he's been doing pretty well with his new team and look the bears are gonna have to worry about mike davis of all people so that's <laughs> something you didn't really expect but Re- revenge yeah, a, game alert it's a revenge game so this is gonna be a tougher game than i was definitely initially per perceiving it to be before the season started yeah we'll talk about mike davis uh i know when the bears had him he was kind of unable to get a role in the offense they let him go on the podcast nick you know i had a hard time on the fly remembering his name and i'm kind of worried he's gonna make me uh eat my words a little bit and make me remember that name just a little bit more uh for me real quickly not to rehash everything you said but when i'm looking at how just these two teams match up i think we're gonna get a few answers uh, on the chicago bears i think how the panthers match up against uh, the Bears are going to give them a few different types of tests that we haven't seen so far yet this season. And like I said, I think we're going to get some really good answers about what type of football team that the Chicago Bears are. So moving forward, let's jump into our three talking points on each side of the ball. We're going to do things a little bit differently because we have Adam on and we want to give him a talking point on offense and defense. And Nick and I will go back and we'll follow things up here. But beginning with that Bears offense, one of the bigger concerns that came out of that Bears victory against Tampa Bay last week was the news that Chicago is going to be without their left guard for the remainder of the season with a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, the third-year pro, uh, he's been a model of consistency. James Daniels has never missed a game in his pro career up until now this week. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. And he's out for the season. And his place will be looking probably at Notre Dame guy, second year in the NFL, Alex Bars, and his college teammate, Sam Mustafer. He's been elevated to the active roster to take Daniel's spot. So, Adam, I'll go to you first here for an offensive line that's already had its fair share of struggles this season, losing a starter like Daniels. That's a tough blow, but how big of an impact do you think this is going to be for this offense this week and looking forward to the remainder of the year? Yeah, absolutely. This is a guy that was taken in the second round who is finally starting to emerge and be just consistently good. Not, Not a great player yet. But just consistently good, reliable, you know, getting in the right places at the right time. You know, there was some chemistry there between Charles Leno Jr. and Cody Whitehair. So you don't want to see a second-round pick get lost. So it really comes down to Alex Bars, or even I'll throw in Rashad Coward's name there as well because the Bears are going to work him out at left guard a little bit too. So we'll see what type of battle emerges there and what type of player emerges there who could contribute. But on top of all of this, fellas, how about Juan Castillo, you know, being exposed to, to COVID-19? Now, he doesn't have it, but he, he's a high-risk person for this. And someone he was close to or was around, I don't know the full details, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So not only do you have a concern at right or left guard, I should say, because James Daniels is out with the torn pectoral muscle, your, your line coach isn't in the building right now. Um, coaching those guys up, you know, to, to take his spot. So it just adds to the layer of concerns, the layer of intrigue. Um, you wish Juan Castillo uh, all the best through this. I know he's on, on Zoom meetings. I know he's engaged with this team, but it's still not the same. I mean, well, you coach football. It's still not as, no. as the same as being on the field with your guys. No, it's really not. Adam, real quickly, you mentioned Rashad Coward. 
Did you ever see him line up at the left side at all throughout training camp? Because last year it was primarily right tackle. Then they shove him into right guard after Kyle Long goes down. Has he even taken snaps before this week on the left side of the field? Now, since the doors were closed, I have no idea. But when Hallis Hall was open to us, I saw him go from right guard specifically. Then all of a sudden he's at left tackle. Then all of a sudden he's at right tackle. So this is a guy that's been moved around a lot because they like his athleticism. They like the the tenacity he he kind of brings to the offensive line. They like a lot of things about him, but they just can't find they can't find a spot for him. And I think that's part of the problem when you have a guy who's making the transition from defensive line to offensive line. Nick, how about you? I know you're a big James Daniels guy. I mean, Iowa, I don't have to say any more than that, but I know this is a tough blow personally. And as the Bears losing a guy like this, as Adam mentioned, as I think just Bears fans know, uh, it's going to have an impact. So when you're looking at this week, remainder of the year, what's your take on this, man? Well, even looking before James Daniels went down, that Bears offensive line wasn't the first that it was in the first two weeks than it has been the last three weeks. Ever since that game against Atlanta, it hasn't been as consistent, just constant miscues, whether it's penalties, not executing blocks. So losing your starting left guard is not going to help. Not having your offensive line coach in the building is not going to help. And then Rashad Coward, I mean, I've seen the guy practicing on bags at Bears fit, just punching him, and now he has to go to left guard, possibly. It's not the best situation that the Bears want to be in. Look, Carolina's run defense, granted, they're not very good. This might be a game for them to get back into the scheme of things, but it's still, for the future outlook of this season, not liking where this offensive line can go unless Juan Castillo can magically fix things once he's able to actually get back in the building. I'm not too confident in this group. And, yeah, James Daniels is a guy that I had high hopes for, obviously being uh, an Iowa alum like myself, but he's going to miss out the rest of the season and have to you know, rehab and get ready for, for next year. And Nick, we've talked about it. Interior offensive line depth was a concern of ours throughout the offseason. It was a concern of ours throughout training camp. And now it's going to be, you know, it's going to get tested here real fast in a hurry. And we'll see. I mean, I know Bars and Coward, each of them have their own pros and cons and what they bring to the table, but neither of them are the same caliber, same level of player that James Daniels is. And with an offensive line that's been trending downward since a couple of strong weeks to kick off the season, I know they played some tough defenses, but. You still have to wonder if this is going to be something that can really hold them back or if they're going to be able to overcome it. And for Bears fans, I know they're hoping for uh, the second one there. Moving into the defense real quick, uh, something that we saw in last week's game uh, were just some up and downs from the Bears secondary. Uh, and the Buccaneers, they weren't really entirely healthy. Uh, the unit, they're going to be tested this week uh, going up against the Panthers passing attack. They're fifth in the NFL at a 281 yards per game. Teddy Bridgewater, he has a pass rating of 101 on the year. That offense, too, they have some serious threats, a trio of them at the wideout position. Robbie Anderson, fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. He has four games this year, about 99 yards or more. DJ Moore, he's averaging 17.3 yards per catch, which is second in the NFL. And if you take Anderson and Moore, they're actually the NFL's top receiving duo on any single team with 870 receiving yards. Like I said, big test all around. Adam, I know that the outside corners for the Bears, Johnson, Jalen Johnson, a rookie, one of my draft crushes, he's been playing so well for a kid who's just playing and now in his sixth NFL game. Kyle Fuller's at the top of his game, but I believe this is probably the biggest test they've seen so far this year. What's your take about the Bears' secondary, some of the matchups, and just what you're expecting to see out of them this Sunday? Yeah, I, I agree with you, you with, with you, Will. There's been 
some some good fortune, I, I would say. You know, Kenny Galladay didn't play. Mike Evans was a, was a bit banged up. So as well as the cornerbacks have played, and I think that they're actually becoming like the strength of this team. It, it allows their man coverage. It allows Chuck Pagano to do so much, whether he wants to blitz or he wants to move Eddie Jackson around. Like So it, it, in a way, it all starts with them, especially when, when you're in passing situations. But this is, like you said, the best challenge for them. Jetty Bridgewater gets that ball up fast. There's a lot of yak involved with their success. Um, now, some of these guys may not be household names, but they, they can get after the Bears. Uh, it's intriguing because there's some size, there's some toughness involved with these Panthers receivers as well. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. It is the best challenge for them this year. Um, and I still like to think that the Bears cornerbacks can handle that, but they have to prove it. You know, that ball is going to be out fast from Teddy Bridgewater. So, you know, if they're playing man, it's got to be in there tight right away. Yeah, I mean, that's something that Kyle Fuller does well. He has that speed to really close in on those gaps, to really limit the yak that you're mentioning. Jalen Johnson, I think he can do it as well. He's a little bit more of that press man, a little bit more up in the face of those receivers. And you said it. Uh, I was looking at the stats earlier this morning in preparation. Panthers fourth in the NFL with 741 of their yards coming after the catch. It's going to be ultra imperative for the Bears to limit all that production after the ball's in their hand. They can give up completions underneath, but as long as they don't allow those to become big gains, uh, the Bears should be able to, I would say, to step up to this challenge. But how about you, Nick? Where's your mindset at? Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson, just watching his tape, he's more than just that deep threat and just what he's been able to do And through five games with the Carolina Panthers. You see him run those slant routes, like how the Bears will go to Allen Robinson, those kind of gimme throws on those slant routes to Robinson. Robbie Anderson's doing the exact same thing for the Panthers, so he's definitely a guy that you have to watch out for. And DJ Moore's a guy, like you said, in the, the yak, he can take a short pass, just a little crossing route, and take it for a touchdown. So what happened last week with the Bears defense, missing tackles, you do that again to the Carolina Panthers this week, you're going to pay for it. So what I'm actually looking forward to seeing is like how Teddy Bridgewater plays and then seeing how that narrative kind of comes along with the Nick Foles comparison. I think that's going to be something that Bears fans are going to be looking at, like, oh, hey, you could have gotten, possibly gotten Teddy Bridgewater, but obviously the Bears settled on Foles. I think that'll be something that, through Bears Twitter throughout the game, you're going to say, like, oh, we settled on number nine over here, Nick Foles, when Teddy Bridgewater is lighting him up or something. But it's definitely a challenge, and, like, I agree with you, Will, it is the biggest challenge that the Bears have faced because they haven't played Julio Jones, Mike Evans is banged up, Kenny Galladay as well. So this will be a good challenge for this Bears defense. Yep, and that's what I was talking about at the top of the show. Like We're going to get tested in different ways, which is good because you can't always have the lucky breaks, and we need to start getting some measuring sticks in place, some real tests so we know what this secondary is all about. But you mentioned a fun one there, Nick. Bridgewater, if he outplays Nick Foles, Adam, uh, I don't know what kind of content that may come <laughs> out for you, but what do you expect to happen from Bears fans if a game like that unfolds? Well, I, I feel like this is a good measuring stick game, game for, for Teddy Bridgewater. Because with all due respect to the Falcons, Cardinals, uh, the Chargers even. So those are the three wins that the the Panthers have had in, in a row here consecutively. The, this Bears defense is just significantly better, especially when it counts, you know, on third downs in the red zone. It's got more playmakers than all of those defenses. Khalil Mack is just getting started. Robert Quinn, I think he's actually played okay. He's just getting started. Akeem Hicks, he's playing um, extremely well right now. We already talked about the secondary. I think Roquan Smith, other than those two 
you know, spun out tackles, spinned out tackles by, by Ronald Jones. Um, he's playing all right. Danny Trevathan's getting better. So just. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. For what Teddy Bridgewater has been able to do over the past three weeks, this game, I think we'll learn a lot about what that success actually means. Now, his numbers, like you said, they're all impressive. Good passer rating, good QBR. He's completing like 75% of his passes. It's outstanding. But this Bears defense is one of the best in the league. It's different than what he's seen than what he's seen over the past three weeks. So we'll see how far, or see how far, or how good I should say Teddy Bridgewater really is playing. You know, after this week, in this week, I should say. Yeah, Bears defense second lowest passer rating allowed in the NFL at seventy-seven point one. That's going up against Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. I mean, some big names of quarterbacks that are. You know, they produce in the league, and the Bears have been able to hold their own against them. So that's a really good point, Adam, that not just test for the Bears, but this is also a good test for the Panthers as well to see what kind of team and kind of gumption that they have as well. And, Adam, uh, Nick was telling us right before he is yet to read your book, so you can shame him all <laughs> you want. But you dropped a book, which is awesome. Congratulations, you know, just congrats on that. I know it's really something that you have to be proud of uh, for it. It's called The Big 50 Chicago Bears. Uh, you look at the 50 men and moments that have made uh, the Chicago Bears who they are today. Uh, and can you tell us like what inspired you to write this book, how it came to be? And I, I just would love to learn a little bit more about the backstory behind well the stories that you have in there. Well, this started with actually a different idea with Triumph Books. We went, we went kind of back and forth on a couple of things. So, Maybe in a year or two, um, you'll see something different come out if things come to fruition. But um, I always wanted to try a book. And covering the Bears, you make all sorts of contacts. And so this was just a great uh, opportunity to, to kind of spread my wings a bit and, and try the, the process of writing a book. It took over a year to complete. There was over 30 interviews conducted, uh, some of them for hours. Like, you know, I, I talked to, you know, from, from Dan Hampton to... Um, Gary Fensick, then to Devin Hester, to Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs, to Charles Tillman, to, you know, having coffee with Owen Kruitz one day. There's a lot of content or a lot of time interviews, just, you know, information gathering that went into this book. And uh, I enjoyed that part of the process. Now, the writing got intensive at one point, but I feel like if you're maybe part of well, this generation of, of Bears fans, like if you grew up watching Devin Hester, you grew up watching Charles Tillman establish the peanut punch. If you cheered on, you know, Lance Briggs and, and, and Brian Urlacher, you know, if you followed that Super Bowl team under Lovey Smith, like this is the book for you. you know, I don't mean to be talking it up, but there's a lot of chapters um, that focused on those. I wanted to focus on it. Like there's a lot of Dicka books. There's a lot of Walter Payton books. And those guys are legends for a lot of great reasons. But like there's been other great players since those 85 Bears, and I wanted to make sure I got a lot, a lot of their stories in. 
That's awesome. I mean, that gives me, you know, geared up for it. I'm waiting my copy here in the mail, and then I promise I'll get to reading it a little bit quicker than uh, my counterpart <laughs> over here and Nick. I know we've all been busy with day work, balancing different jobs. Nick, you're in grad school. You're busy. I'm not going to harp on it too much, but it's a great book, and I'm sure, you know, a chapter a night right before you, you tuck yourself in, um, it may be a, a, just a great way to spark some great dreams for you, Nick. But did you have anything for Adam? Any questions about the book? Yeah, Adam, I mean, obviously you putting in all that work for this book, it, it's obviously, I can't wait to read it, but was there a chapter or an interview or just when going into the process of, of writing this book, the book that is uh, stuck out to you? Is there anyone in particular? Well, I, I enjoyed, there was a lot of lunch meetings, you know, so you're, you're having, you know, burgers with Jared Payton, you know, you're, you're, you're eating like a wrap with Patrick Manley, you know, like I already talked about the, the coffee with, with Owen Krutz. Um, I really liked the Krutz chapter. I think he was such a great personality for the Bears. Um, there's some good anecdotes there. Um, Nick, you'll really like the Devin Hester one. There's some background and how he arrived with the team. Um, the Jay Cutler one is full of intrigue. Of course, it, it has to be. So um, there's actually some good stuff from Waddle and Sylvie from ESPN Radio in that book because um, let's not forget the Jay Cutler show. So that's covered almost extensively in part of that chapter. So I went for like some pop culture elements too. Like the, the Super Bowl shuffle is detailed. Like there's a chapter on Tom Waddle because he's become such a beloved personality in this town. Um, the uh, Doug and OB, there's a chapter on Doug and OB, you know, when, when everybody used to call in to the score, you know, and just vent about the Bears. Like that has to be um, part of the Bears conversation, I think. It's, it's just that pop culture feel or or it's just I, I tried to imagine like what fans you know because I, I was a Bears fan you know once before the, you know the job changes things right guys but like yep. so uh, putting myself back into that fandom like people would call Doug and OB people listen to Waddle you know people remember they are who they thought they were again people remember that you know all the big plays Mike Brown made you know so there's a chapter in Mike Brown as well so um, I tried to tell stories from the perspective of what fans, especially ones, you know, starting after the 2000s, what they wanted to read. That's great. You had me at Mike Brown, uh, so I was sold there. <laughs> but no, the Jay Cutler show, I mean, as soon as you said that, I remember just sneaking in class and like in a computer, just putting that in my headphones and teacher never knew, but just sitting there listening to Jay Cutler on ESPN 1000. I mean, that's, those are great times. And I'm glad you have that in your book because when I'm looking back like a decade ago and just when the bears were a lot of fun, uh, I mean, they're fun again, but I mean, we had a lot, we had a very big dark spell, but just remembering Jay and <laughs> that those weekly radio appearances and just the questions like you would get a little bit out of Jay that you didn't before. And now it seems like you'll get everything out of Jay. So things have changed. Um, but at the point of and at that time, that was really interesting. That's really cool stuff there, Adam. Yeah, there, there's, um, like, I even asked Jared Payton, like, which run by his father was his favorite, you know? I, I spent some time with Rick Tallender, the longtime Sun-Times columnist. We actually became pretty good friends with Walter. And to hear his stories about hanging out uh, on their vast, you know, was it North Barrington, South Barrington property up there? You know, the, the Peyton compound, whatever you want to call it, you know, just hearing stories about people who were around some of these athletes, I found fascinating. And I tried to put every single one I got in the, into the book. And now, hey, if you're listening, you're like, hey, I really need to pick up a copy of this book, uh, head on over to chicagoaudible.com slash big dash 50. That's 50. 
big-50, you'll be redirected to Triumph Books, which is the publisher's site, and you can save 30% off any print edition by using our special promo code BEARS30. That is B-E-A-R-S 30. You can get 30% off any print edition of the book. And again, just go to chicagoaudible.com slash big-50. Adam, I think you said before we went live on this recording that if we don't sell 50 books for you, you're never coming back on the show. (laughs) I'll make Adam Hogue do every single appearance. I'll give his number to Nick and just badger him away, Nick. Badger him away. You know, he really likes text messages, you know, after 11 p.m. Sounds good. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) But happy to come on anytime, guys. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Adam. Have a good rest of your night. We'll carry on with the rest of the preview and uh, enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll see you around, man. Take care, fellas. See you, Adam. Bye now. All right there, Nick. That was awesome to have Adam on. Thanks for uh, your patience and just your ability to kind of go through all the, you know, hoops, bells and whistles, the workout, some technology, get him on the show. Uh, really appreciate that this week. Uh, you ready to kind of get back to business and jump back to the offense and talk more Bears football? Let's do it, Will. All right. Rewinding, going back up my notes, uh, entering week three, we are right now, not of the season, but of the Nick Foles era as the Chicago Bears starting quarterback. Since becoming the Bears starter, only two quarterbacks have more attempts than Foles' 84. And we're all quite aware that Foles has had uh, to square off against two of the better passing defenses in the NFL, the Colts and the Buccaneers. And perhaps things get, I'm going to say, a little bit easier this week against the Panthers' defense. Uh, Carolina secondary, they've only allowed one quarterback this season to throw over 240 yards. They're allowing a 2-1 to touchdown to interception ratio on the year. And quarterbacks, on average, have a passer rating of 89.7 against them. So things may not be much less challenging, but still less challenging in its own right. So moving the ball through the air. Uh, and we'll talk about the Panthers' run defense, too, in just a minute. But just looking at the Bears' ability to move ball through the air with Nick Foles as another week as a starter, hoping the offense can continue to grow with him under center. Nick, is this the week to expect Foles and company to put it all together or at least more of it together? You know, I think realistic expectations to put more of it together because, like you said, it's it's not as good of a defense as it was against you know the Indianapolis Colts or Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it is still a pretty good defense in regards to to pass defense, right? So I think with with that being said, though, you want to see more out of Nick Foles. Those layup plays, that third down uh, rollout pass to Allen Robinson, you need to hit that. The deep pass to Darnell Mooney against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night, you have to hit that. And you just have to take advantage of what this Panthers defense really is going to give you. And that's why Nick Foles is the starting quarterback. This is his third week starting just like what Mitch Trubisky was benched in his third week starting. So we want to kind of see the benchmark here where Nick Foles is at after playing two really good defenses. And now, Nick, this is his third opportunity as a starter to really show Bears fans, show Matt Nagy, that he can run this offense, but like you said, Will, this this defense for the Panthers it has, you know, limited the Atlanta Falcons to 16 points, Arizona with Kyler Murray 21 points, and Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert who's been playing pretty well to 16 points. So they've done a pretty good job of keeping opposing teams out of the end zone. But I think as Bears fans, you should expect more out of Nick Foles this week. I'm interested to find out. I think we'll talk about this a lot throughout the episode. So I don't want to harp on it too much but again easier test I'm using air quotes if you're listening easier test uh, than we've seen in the last two weeks and 
the one good thing is uh, the Panthers, they don't get after quarterbacks all too much. Nick Foles should have some time. That should help. But, again, if they're playing sound coverage, it'll be up to Matt Nagy to dial up the right play. And let's actually look at uh, our play caller, our head coach, Matt Nagy. Because after five games, Nick, we're starting to find ourselves in familiar territory, uh, something we've felt like we've been talking about for years now. And that's we're still searching and looking for some sort of balance on offense. Entering the week, Chicago, they are fourth in the NFL in pass attempts per game with 40. And over the last three weeks, the Bears are averaging 45 passes per game, which is the second most in the NFL over that span. On the flip side, Bears are 29th in the NFL, only 23 rushes per game on average. And if you want to look at the last three weeks again, dead last in the NFL over the last three weeks with only 18 runs per game. And it makes sense. If you're leading the NFL in passing attempts, you're probably going to be towards the bottom in runs. But to be a top and then the very bottom, it just shows just how imbalanced this offense has been. And even without James Daniels, the Bears can't afford to totally ditch the run yet again. Not this week. The Panthers allow the eighth most yards on the ground per game at 133.4. And after facing two teams in a row in the top five in yards allowed per rush, uh, the Bears are going up against a front seven that is second to last in the NFL, allowing 5.4 yards per carry, which is double what the Buccaneers average was entering last week. So on paper, and again, this is on paper, uh, one would hope that the Bears can find a way to effectively rush against the Panthers this week and strike some balance. Nick, I'm, I was going to ask in my notes, but is this what you're looking for? I know you're looking for it, but are we going to see it? So that's the question, though, Will, because everything that's happened this week, Juan Castillo's out of the building. He can't really coach up that offensive line. James Daniels is out for the season at left guard. It's going to be Bars or maybe Rashad Coward at left guard. But the Panthers' defense, that run defense is so bad right now that it maybe it shouldn't even matter about those two things. The Bears should still be able to find success. I want to say yes, Will, and I'm, I'm leaning towards that, that direction. But, man, when you I think you do have to factor in not having your starting left guard and your offensive line coach. It's, it's, a, it's an issue for sure, and the Bears just haven't been able to capitalize or maybe even take in – positives out of their rushing attack even the past two weeks with the Colts and Buccaneers so they're kind of starting from square one without their left guard and their offensive line coach so it's setting up for maybe a possible failure but I look at just watching this Panthers defense Todd Gurley was having himself a day with the Atlanta Falcons last week outside once you got outside the tackles or those edge defenders weren't doing their job containing the edge I mean, Todd Gurley was having himself a day, and I'm thinking, man, Cordell Patterson, David Montgomery, I could see them having that type of success. So I think they do end up becoming a more balanced and a better run team this week. But like I said, it's kind of not in their favor, just given the circumstances of what they're going into for this week. Now, if someone's listening and saying, Will, didn't you say after the last game, the postgame show that you're okay with their not rushing it too much, and I was uh, against the Buccaneers because I, there's no way the Bears would have done anything on the ground, and I'm okay with that. But this is a week when you're looking at the opponent, you got to get back to it. You got to get back to running the ball, putting it on the ground. And this is a defense that, like you said, Nick, you're seeing running backs have days against them, uh, and we have to find a way uh, to go ahead and just make them pay. It's it's tough, and if they can't, if the Bears cannot find a way to establish a run and it's become one-dimensional yet again a that's not going to help them in this game one bit you're going to be playing right into carolina's hand and secondly i mean my concern level is going to go finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds 
Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Through the roof uh, with this Bears offense's uh, inability to establish a run. So they need to give us some confidence this week that they can do it against opponents that it matters and they should beat. And probably more importantly, give themselves confidence that they think they can go out there and run the football as well. Anything else about balance? I think this week we hit it. They should find a way to do it. They should actually, heck, I'm not going to say they should be you know, 55% rushes to 45% passes, but you know, it doesn't even have to be purely 50-50. But if they can't find a way to at least get 20 attempts on the ground between both their backs, I'm going to be uh, hard-pressed to come up with an excuse for that. You know, look, if they can't run against the best the best run defenses and they can't run against the worst ones, then they just can't run the ball and you just completely go five wide outs and just pass all, all the time. So they have to find a way, regardless of the circumstance that they're in right now, like I just mentioned earlier, to run the ball and at least commit to it. Like Matt Nagy, last week we talked about it. He knew that coming into that game against the Bucks, he couldn't do it. So uh, extension of the run game, the short passes, the wheel routes, Montgomery and Patterson. So, But this week, you find a way. Even if it's not working early on, you somehow find a way to get David Montgomery, Patterson carries, and effective ones at that. You commit to it to hopefully get that big play eventually. Eventually. <laughs> that's a big one. All right, let's switch back to the defense now, Nick, and something that's been a pleasure to watch unfold over the last couple of weeks, but specifically last Thursday night was the Bears' pass rush really starting to come alive. Over the last two weeks, Khalil Mack, he is, has the fifth most pressures in the NFL at 10. Akeem Hicks, we've mentioned this, I feel like, for a few weeks in a row now, but he's been dominant all season. Right now, he's only trailing Aaron Donald and Stephon Tewitt uh, with both pressures and sacks. Uh, four sacks this year with his 18 pressures for interior defensive linemen. Now, looking at the Panthers, they've allowed Bridgewater to be sacked eight times this season, which is about middle of the pack. And in terms of sacks per dropback, uh, Bridgewater has been taken down about the ninth least percent in the NFL, only getting sacked on 4.3% of his dropbacks, which on top of this, I should say that a lot of their woes came early because the Panthers have not allowed a sack in their last two games. And on top of that, Teddy Bridgewater uh adam johns mentioned this earlier in the show which by the way it's cool to say that you know adam said this earlier teddy's getting rid of the ball quick it's not a lot of deep deep shots is getting out quick near or behind or just at the line of scrimmage uh he has 2.55 seconds on average from snap to throw which is the sixth lowest or i should say sixth fastest time uh, in the nfl this season so looking up front i think there are some matchups the bears can exploit and win but nick I know we all want to see the pass rush come out and just disrupt the game yet again. Do you think they can do it this week? So the thing is with how the Panthers kind of play offense and what Terry Bridgewater is really good at, getting that ball out quickly, it's going to be tough. Even if Cleo Mack goes unblocked by the time he's getting to Bridgewater, there's more, most likely he's going to have to get rid of the ball. So that's why it's so imperative that this offense really comes out for the Bears and puts the points up first. So then it's forcing the Carolina Panthers to maybe take some deeper passes to really be more frequent with their, their passing attempts, maybe even have you know play action passes or just deeper dropbacks. But 
with the way Cleo Max playing, I'm not going to go against him. That's for that's for dang sure because he's getting after opposing quarterbacks and wreaking havoc. And look, even what Adam said earlier in the show, Robert Quinn, he's liked how he's played in that. So look, we're all going to say a Tampa Bay game. Cleo Mack was the better pass rusher, no doubt. Quinn had five pass rushes or five pressures on 28 pass rushes. Uh, which was a 17.9% pass rate, which was higher than Khalil Mack's 17.6. So he's had limited opportunities, but you got to look for Robert Quinn to be a factor there because his main attribute as a pass rusher is his speed off the edge. If there's someone that can get to Teddy Bridgewater and get to Teddy Bridgewater quickly, I'm going to put my money on Robert Quinn this game just because of that's what his forte is. And you know the Panthers are going to put everybody and their grandmother to try and block Cleo Mack. So uh, Robert Quinn, Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks up the middle. There's definitely a chance. But if the Bears offense comes out and scores first, I think that's going to give the, the Bears defense the best chance to really apply that pass rush. Two things. One, I, I appreciate really trying to get uh, you know Pat Robert Quinn on the back. I hope you feel like me where at the end of the season, we're not going to really talk about the pressures he made. It's going to be the big plays, the sacks, uh, the forced fumbles. Maybe, okay, again, now you're going a little crazy, but he's here to get sacks. He's here to take quarterbacks down, put offenses in, you know, and long situations. And pressures are good. Pressures are fine. And I'm, I'm happy with pressures, but we do need him to start hitting home more consistently this year in order for fans and myself and Nick, I, I would I would assume you, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but to feel like this contract is warranted and worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Leonard Floyd couldn't get the job done with the sacks, and maybe he got some pressures here and there, but Robert Quinn's here to make impact plays, and he's made one, one really big one, but we need to see that more consistently now. And he's getting more pressures than Floyd has, and that's good and that's that's progress but we need to take it to the next step if we want this defense to live up to the potential that i believe it has uh, we just need that counterpart to really start to dominate uh right now i think it's more like robert quinn is uh agitating offenses and we need him to start like dominating opposing offenses as well so that's where i'm looking at and on top of that just in terms of pressure Akeem hicks i think he has the best matchups with the interior line i think that's one of the weaker points uh for this carolina's offense and it may not matter, though, if they're getting the ball quick to the outside and to the flat because Bridgewater take the snap, quick turn throw. And I know Hicks, he's quick. He's quick to close, but he's not that fast. You can't just imaginarily just close you know, four or five yards into the pocket. I mean, I wish, but he's not that fast. So he has the best chance, I think, matchup-wise, and that's why they've been getting the ball out quick or one of the reasons why. Uh, so that may be neutralized a bit. But if you can find a way to make a play or two as well, I think that'd be pretty big for the Bears. Uh, moving forward here, Nick, it's hard-pressed not to take some time to look at the Bears' run defense yet again this week, uh, sitting right in the middle of the pack in yards allowed per game at 113 and yards per carry allowed at 4.4. Oddly enough, both of them are exactly ranked 16th in the NFL, so literal middle-of-the-run, middle uh, run-of-the-mill type of run defense. Now, we've seen issues right down the center. Uh, teams are able to call collect on this defense. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Do you even know what calling a collect is, Nick? Do you know that? I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it. I watched a lot of WWF when I was a kid, and he always had the 1-800-C-O-L-L-E-C-T commercials, so it's always going to be stuck in my head. So that's how I know uh, calling collect. But, but anyway, you're dialing down the middle, and that's what the Bears' defense has been struggling with, with offenses wanting to do that. We've seen is- issues with tackling shutting blocks ball uh, just getting angles to the ball carrier and you name something you do not want to see out of your run defense and by golly I bet you the Bears have shown it this year uh, and 
like we mentioned, here comes Mike Davis. And I'm going to say, like, who? But I know now Mike Davis, uh, he is probably going to make us pay or want to make us pay. I remember, uh, like I said, having a hard time remembering his name and Davis. He's a top of the NFL in broken tackles this season. He has 21 broken tackles this season. He's also second in the NFL in receptions with 30 uh, for running backs and receiving yards at 206, again, both for running backs. He's 11th in the NFL in scrimmage yards for running backs at 426 as well. So for a defense that's had uh, allowed some big days to running backs, I'm getting kind of worried here. Mike Davis averaging 4.8 yards per carry, leads all backs after yards uh, with contact as well. Again, he's leading the NFL with broken tackles. He's probably going to lead in yards after contact. So Nick, scale 1 to 10, how much are you sweating here? Oh, I'm probably at a 9 here, Will. Like watching Mike Davis's film, you're like, man, the Bears had this guy and you you would to think that the, he, now he's on the Carolina Panthers and actually it ended up being that because of him the Bears have Nick Foles with that fourth round conditional pick so we'll see who has a better day but yeah Mike Davis has looked like a completely new running back now he's actually gotten opportunities bouncing off tackles just making good elusive cuts he he's got everything that you want in a running back and it's been crazy to see that so like I was saying when when Adam Jones was on the show if if the Bears make the same mistakes that they did in their win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Mike Davis is going to capitalize on those mistakes, no doubt, and burn this defense. There's no doubt in my mind. And I think we've seen better play from the linebackers. It's starting to maybe get in that direction, but we still saw missed tackles. We still saw them not run stuff, the, the right gaps. And Mike Davis has shown through three games since Christian McCaffrey's gone down with that high ankle sprain that he will make a defense pay. Whether it's in the passing game um, or just rushing the football, He's a capable running back. He is probably, outside of Robbie Anderson right now, that's the guy you have to stop. And if you can't, you're going to make your life a lot more difficult on defense knowing that you can't stop the run and Robbie Anderson could possibly beat you deep. But Mike Davis, he's a concern. And, yeah, this is definitely revenge game quality, and I'm not feeling too good about it right now. Now, when you think of Mike Davis, he was pretty good in Seattle. Came to the Bears. He couldn't muster about two yards per carry. Couldn't do anything in his offense. It seemed like every time they put him out there, it was real well, bleh. I'm not I don't I can't think of a word for it. We didn't like it. I mean there's a reason why they let him go so soon and, and then he goes to Carolina. He's starting to really take off. Is it was it just a bad fit in Chicago? Was it just poor utilization? I'm just curious because I mean it it worries me that we couldn't get anything out of him. And here he is doing great things for another team. And, again, I mean, the Bears wanted to go with more Cordero Patterson. But still, even like last year, we were really thinking to run DMC. We couldn't get that to fruition. And I don't know. I just can't figure out was it execution, uh, was it fit. Because I know they made all the changes to the run game at the end of the year. So maybe it was fit. Maybe it was just scheme and schematics. I'm just curious because I'm sure, you know, he's going to have a little bit of extra pep in his step a little bit extra motivation uh when he's lowering his shoulder pads when he's trying to break a tackle just knowing like you know what this is a team out of all the teams i played for this is the team that gave up on me mid-season like purely gave up on me i would be you know having a lot of edge to my game if i was going up a team like that yeah absolutely so to answer your question will i think it's a little bit of everything but Look, Matt Nagy, through his three years, and obviously this being his third, has not quite figured out the run game. 
And if you have a, a back like Mike Davis, and let's not – look, he's had really good games these past three weeks. He really has. But I don't know if he's going to amount to being like a top running back in this league. But he couldn't find a way to get any production out of him whatsoever. He really hasn't found a way to get any production out of the running game ever. Like it's been bits in spurts, in, in games, in drives, right? So if anything, if I have to put it in – you know, the offensive line hasn't been the best – but I kind of go back to Matt Nagy, his willingness to even commit to the run, to even give him an opportunity to get get those carries. If I'm gonna pin, if I had to pinpoint out one person or one reason, it might be Nagy, because we're still waiting to see this run game actually be something, to be consistent, to you know factor into why the Bears are being able to move the ball downfield, and they were doing it through the first two weeks, but. I'd go with Matt Nagy, and Mike Davis is going to know that, and we're going to we're going to see a lot of him. Number twenty eight on Sunday, that's for sure. Yeah, on who? No more. Uh, I know the name, and I don't know. Hopefully, I can be like, was he even out there? But I don't think that's going to be the case. But all right, Nick, let's move forward. Uh, X factors. Oh wait, hold on. Special teams. I didn't have anything in my notes for it, so I was going to ask you uh, anything in special teams this week that you think is like the big topic. I think the big topic uh, still Cairo Santos, no Eddie Pinheiro. I don't know when that's going to change. Um, so that's about it. Did I just hear Brady? I think you did. I'm going to go yell. While you talk, I'm going to yell out there to make sure he's not barking anymore. <laughs> yeah, you put that puppy in his place, Nick. <laughs> All right, so we're moving in here to the uh, X-Factors and wild cards, and I'll begin with my offensive X-Factor here, and I'm going to go with, Running back David Montgomery. Uh, Panthers, Nick, we mentioned it. They've allowed some big days from running backs. Uh, they've allowed three rushers of 93 or more yards, and they've allowed eight rushing touchdowns this season. Carolina's allowed four backs to have over 130 scrimmage yards in a game so far this year, and they're prone to allowing backs to be capable producers uh, as receivers as well as on the ground in some of these games. Now, looking at David Montgomery, he has 13 targets in the last two weeks. He is fourth on the team in the target share, and we need to see him and the Bears' offense uh, just to find a way to make him a difference maker out there. Uh, and this defense should allow him to do it. We need to see this week, I think, is the week we need to start seeing that David Montgomery can be, quote, the guy uh, when those matchups present themselves. And if the Bears can't get Monty going, and they have to ditch to run. Like I said, a long day for this Bears offense if they can't really do that because this Panthers secondary allows the second lowest yards per completion. They've done a good job of holding passing uh, attacks in check. And if the Bears get one-dimensional, it's not going to bode well. So for me, David Montgomery, they have to find a way to get him involved. I would hope to see him on the ground. And he just needs to have a breakout type of game. I, again, maybe he, they don't need it to win. But for me as a Bears fan, me watching this team, we need a game from David Montgomery that says, you know what, that's the guy for the next four to five years that can be our lead back. We have, we've seen it in spurts, but I don't think we've seen a complete dominant type of game from David Montgomery. And when you have an offense that's struggling to run the ball, going up against a defense that's allowing 5.4 yards per carry, second highest average allowed in the NFL, this needs to be the week where you just lean on 32. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 
and you see if he can be the guy. And if the offensive line struggles, that's its own issue. Um, but we've also seen Montgomery taking some ill-advised uh, angles and not getting totally outside in the outside zone runs and being a little impatient sometimes, which I get if you have a poor offensive line, you're going to try to move a little bit quicker. You don't trust the guys up front. But for me, this is the week where I would love to see David Montgomery take off. They need it uh, to know for our confidence, their confidence, and I think the matchup presents itself. And if not, I'm going to say we're screwed almost. So for me, X-Factor, David Montgomery on offense. How about you, Nick? Who's going to be your offensive X-Factor? The same guy, but just to make things different and kind of have similar conversation, I'll go with the offensive line because a lot of what David Montgomery Montgomery's going to be able to do is going to factor in what the offensive line is capable of and look we talked about it the Atlanta Falcons last week with Todd Gurley had so much success getting to the outside so those tackles for the Bears Charles Leno Jr. on the left Bobby Massey on the right they're going to be the ones leading that rushing attack going that way so we need to see them really step up and I know they're at a huge disadvantage this week and I detailed exactly why that is no starting left guard and James Daniels your offensive line coach isn't even in the building but yet is going to be expected to devise some kind of scheme plan that's going to work against the Panthers defense which isn't very good against the run but they need to have a better day and it's not just even a run blocking it's pass blocking as well and look the Panthers don't have big name pass rushers they don't uh, but still Nick Foles was on the ground far too much last week against that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense which is a good unit but if that unit comes to play is able to spring some big runs for Dave Montgomery give Nick Foles time to throw the ball to hit those deep shots at Darnell Mooney Allen Robinson and get Anthony Miller maybe even Cole Komet involved that that may be stretching it a little bit too much actually but if they could do that the offensive line I think this changes one how the Bears defense plays like I was saying earlier if they could start off fast this pass rush gets more involved so Let's see what this offensive line can do facing adversity against a defense that isn't the caliber of defense they've played the past two weeks. So my X factor is going to be the play of the offensive line. All right. I like how we're both thinking running, though. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's when you look at how these teams match up, it it has to be that. Uh, just So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that we're aligned on this one. Switching over to a defense, though, I'm curious to see how we're thinking and seeing how close this goes. So which position does your guy play? Just just humor me he played he plays linebacker shoot is it Roquan it's Roquan right he's the x-factor I mean he's the x yeah it's simple right we talked about Mike Davis uh I'm remembering all the missed tackles Nick against uh you know Ronald Jones last week and Mike Davis is uh, at least this season a better guy at forcing missed tackles getting yards after that contact yards after breaking the tackles and uh yeah he's gonna have his fair share of carries uh i'm gonna pause and let you get some of your insight in here too but yeah roquan smith the all consensus defensive x factor yeah and i mean look we're on the same page as usual will but i think if you have mike davis having a successful day and then you top that off with the the receivers that the panthers do have with robbie anderson dj moore those kind of guys you're really asking a lot of your defense to stop all those weapons on any given play. And it was interesting. I think Richard Sherman went on a Pro Football Focus podcast earlier with Chris Collinsworth, and they were saying kind of defending the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey is actually a little bit more difficult because you don't know. When McCaffrey's out on the field, you know at some he might get the ball, or maybe if he's in, even a distraction, split out wide, you know he's a distraction. Without him... 
it could be any given guy at any given play. So that makes this Carolina Panthers offense dangerous. But if Mike Davis is consistently getting five five rushes a carry and just consistently putting the, the Panthers offense ahead of the chains, that's, that's going to make life difficult. So it's up to Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, to wrap up, to fill their gaps, to be the attackers on defense as opposed to what we've been seeing too far too much quite frankly with these offensive linemen getting the second level taking them out of the play and they're open the floodgates and now mike davis can do what he wants against a secondary player and we don't want that to happen so like you the x factor maybe the linebackers but i'm looking at roquan smith to have a big day he has to if they want to stop this panthers offense and the reason why i went with roquan over trevathan is the personnel usage from the panthers they play a lot of three wide outs they don't bring in heavier sets which means I'm assuming we'll be nickel a lot. You're going to see Roquan being out there over Danny Trevathan in that regard. And for me, when I'm looking at just that and then how they use Mike Davis, yeah, you're going to see him running a lot off tackle. So Roquan's going to have to find a way to get towards, you know, the hash marks and get outside of the middle of the field. And on top of that, when they're throwing it to Mike Davis, it's a lot in the flat. So again, he's going to fight through traffic. And then they bring him on a lot of these long crossing routes where he kind of goes up to like the second level of the defense on one side, and he kind of just goes real long all the way across. He has to really keep up with them and fight through traffic. And I think we've seen Roquan Smith struggle fighting through traffic, uh, disengaging from blocks, taking proper angles sometimes as well. Uh, he's When he's on it, he's on it. But when he's missing, uh, you can kind of tell. So for me, uh, those are the things we've seen Roquan struggle this year. I think the biggest one is really the traffic and if they do a good job of you know, rub routes and just getting people in Roquan's way and they're playing a man defense that's going to be a tough challenge for Roquan Smith this week and I, like I said I just Ronald Jones those stupid little spin moves he was able to do right between the tackles last week still uh, kind of irritates me a bit because those are tackles that you pay Roquan you draft Roquan to make he didn't do it and again Mike Davis has been so good at breaking tackles this year it's uh a little bothersome, but again, uh, we could be nitpicking at things that may not be uh, huge at the end of the day, but Roquan Smith, obvious X factor here for sure. All right, moving on down. Let's look at our pivotal back-breaking matchups. This is where Nick and I take... Before no. Will. Oh, we yes, our- we have X factors, which means we need to talk about the X factors on our show. I should have known that because I have two of these to do myself, so thank you, and I'll uh, pass it over to you. I'll defer... Uh, you can set this up nicely yeah so speaking of x factors we definitely have some then that makes this show happen so we also this is where we give our shout outs and we got a couple of them for this week so i'm I'm happy to you know shout out these people these individuals that help make the show what it is today starting with adrian baby bird landa from las vegas nevada adrian like the the baby bird in, in between there, a unique little nickname there. But thank you so much for donating. We really appreciate it here at the Chicago Audible. And then we have Alana from New York City. She grew up a Bears fan in New Jersey. She's been listening to us since the beginning, Will, over my left shoulder. You can see that shirt there, Will, the, the old shirt. I don't know if you can see it there. Since the beginning and in her donation message, she wrote that the highlight of her week is seeing our podcast pop up on her phone and that just made me yeah. smile there and i you know i had to share that with you will and everybody listening alana thank you so much and then we have jack from oregon jack again all you guys you make this happen so 
we 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 ask for these donations because a lot of the stuff we do comes out of our own pocket this microphone that i'm talking into the streaming software that we're using the camera that i have right here all out of pocket and all these donations all they help us do is to make this product the best we can you know make it be to bring on guests so they can stream you know well through through the podcast everything so it really means a lot when you guys take a little bit of you know time out of your day even to share the podcast amongst your friends or peers that means a lot and will and i from the bottom of our hearts we are thankful for all of you you make this show happen and we're glad to do it because of people like you absolutely and we have two more of these awesome listeners to give a shout out to we have Stephen haynes all the way from sid cup kent all the way in the united kingdom uh steven i believe this is not the first time we said your name here on this podcast uh, definitely rings a bell so uh for you just want to say thank you so much for your support you know thousands of miles away from where nick and i are right now recording this thing all the way to you i hope it's heard loud and clear thank you so much and then we have elizabeth sharp who is another name that has been a returner here for our donation she's in more like my backyard lafayette indiana so it's kind of interesting to have someone a couple hours away and then someone a whole 10 hour flight uh, on the other side a whole another continent uh, so that's pretty cool how uh, that kind of works out a little bit but uh for elizabeth and steven uh, thank you so much for your support on our podcast, for helping make uh, what we do possible and just showing your appreciation for our efforts. And Nick, I think people just really appreciated the you know, the double, triple recording of the post-game show we did uh, a week ago uh, today, which I'm still catching up on my sleep. I feel like I'm like, every day I'm like, I didn't get enough. And I always remember the 4 a.m. day that we had doing that post-game show pod. And it's going to be one of those we, we laugh at. I'm not there yet personally, but we will eventually, right? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That was a that was a time, Will. I mean, what that we recorded three times. Yeah, three times that podcast, and um, you know, but we we knew that we had to get it done because we have people all the way in England, wherever it may be, backyard, Will in Indiana or wherever, Las Vegas, that listen to our podcast, that looked forward to seeing it, that notification that the Chicago Audible is live or that the podcast is updated or uploaded. So we knew we had to do it, but it was definitely a fun time. And yeah, hopefully we don't, hopefully it doesn't happen again. I don't want to sound like a chipmunk or a dolphin, like no more, please. No. And what we need to do is maybe not this episode, but I need to get like a snippet of that. So people know, because only a few, like only a few thousand people on YouTube saw the chipmunk dolphin Nick kind of come out. And I think people would love to hear uh, what arose that night? That mystery night. Maybe we'll put it as like a little bonus segment next week, and we'll keep it a we'll keep it a thing. But Nick, do you want to let people know how they can support our show here in the future? That way, when we do our preview show for week seven, uh, they can get on our weekly shout out list. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to get a shout out on the next podcast, here's how you can make that happen. You can send a donation through Venmo or PayPal. And on Venmo, our handle is at the Chicago Audible. Should see my name. Should see a Chicago Audible logo. And on PayPal, it is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. One more time, the Venmo, at the Chicago Audible. And then PayPal is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Now, do I have your permission to talk some back-breaking matchups? Back-breaking? What did I say? Yes, you do. Uh, pivotal matchups. Never mind. I, I, you know what? I, again, I got confused because of the edit we made to our format. Continue on, Will. Forget what I just our said. Our one pivotal matchup, <laughs> aka the backbreaker, 
That's what it's called. Uh, we each take a matchup on each side of the ball, look at it, and explain why it's the most important one that can, you know, well, break the Bears back. And Nick, you're up first because you have offense this week. So what is going to be your offensive pivotal matchup? Yeah, so looking at this one, just looking at this Carolina defense, I'm really looking at what's going to be, and it depends, this player lines up on both sides, Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers versus whatever tackle it is that he's on the side with. But mostly it's going to be against that right tackle, Bobby Massey. Number 53, watching his film, he's the guy, I would say, out of the edge rushers who can make some plays for the Carolina Panthers. I think I saw a Panthers fan actually in the chat saying, you know, watch out for 53, watch out for Burns. And you know what? I have to agree with him. This guy has a, he's got a good repertoire of moves that he can get to the quarterback. And we know Nick Foles is not a guy that's going to really extend plays in terms of moving outside of the pocket and things like that. So it's important to have a clean pocket. But if Brian Burns, if he's able to win his matchup against Bobby Massey, let's say, consistently that makes his job a lot that makes Nick Foles job a lot harder Matt Nagy's job harder because now he has to put a tight end to that side to block you're taking away a weapon not that they really throw the tight ends unless they're in the red zone they're Jimmy Graham but still you can't have Brian Burns be that guy that just wrecks a game plan he's I don't he's not that caliber of player but he's the guy that consistently showed up on film when it was whether it was against the Cardinals two weeks ago or the Falcons just a week ago in the matchups that I watched with with the Panthers tape. But that's going to be it. It's going to be Brian Burns number fifty three against Bobby Massey, and sometimes he'll be on the opposite side against Charles Leno Jr. So that's a matchup. That is a matchup. It's a big one. A backbreaking matchup. A pivotal matchup. <laughs> So looking at defense, Nick, I mean, we've talked about some really big names. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm going somewhere completely different. Uh, I know, right? Intriguing. Uh, the more I thought about it, and I was actually going to go, I was leaning towards like DJ Moore, Jalen Johnson, two young guys really going after it. But I thought about it. I'm leaning inside. I'm looking at nickel. Buster Screen versus Curtis Samuel. Because he's their slot guy. Samuel, 70% of his routes come from the slot, and so do 85% of his catches. Uh, He has been clutch on third down. He has eight receptions on the money down over the last three weeks, which is tied for the most in the NFL. Panthers are seventh in the NFL in third down conversion. So if you can shut down Curtis Samuel, you can shut down the Panthers on third down. Uh, he's someone that Bridgewater, he's looking for on third down. And screen, we know it. He tends to struggle sometimes in coverage. And if he struggles against Samuel, uh, and again, all the attention in the secondary is going to be on DJ Moore. It's going to be on Anderson. You're going to have to have Buster Screen win this one-on-one matchup. Uh, and again, if they allow some third down pickups, uh, allow this offense, which is already second in the NFL. In t- Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. I'm of possession over the last two weeks to stay on the field. Man, I mean, this does not feel like it bodes well for the Bears. I trust Kyle Fuller 
and Jalen Johnson much more than I do Buster Screen. And again, with all the attention on the marquee matchups, I think it's worth at least someone, and I felt like that someone needed to be me this week, noting that this Buster Screen versus uh, Curtis Samuel, I think this is going to be a big matchup, one of those under-the-radar big matchups. I wanted to shed some light on it here in this episode, and uh, and if Buster Screen struggles, it's not going to matter how well Jalen Johnson does or Kyle Fuller does if they can just continually exploit Buster Screen on third down with Samuel. So for me, this is going to be my matchup, Samuel, Screen, third down. Let's see how the Bears can stack up and see if Buster Screen can lock them down. You know what, to add to your little your matchup there, Will, he also is a guy that lines up in the backfield, you notice, a couple mm-hmm. of times. So he's not someone that just strictly be in the slot, just looking at how PFF and where the snaps by position. Backfield 18 times, in the slot 133 times where he's primarily at, but out wide 64 times. So it's a guy, you think of the Cordell Patterson kind of role, but more so a wide receiver. And that's a guy that, again, he's going to touch, when he touches the ball, gets that those third down receptions are meaningful. So... If Buster Screen can win that matchup, and I'm glad you went outside the box. If I had this one, it would have been Robbie Anderson. Yep. But that's that's why we have two people doing this podcast to bring that other perspective. And on top of that, too, like you can look at the end of the day. Samuel's box score could be nothing extraordinary. It could be four catches, 42 yards, or four catches, 38 yards, something that doesn't look impactful at all. But if those four catches come on third down and all four of them move the chains, extend drives, those are very impactful catches. Again, not eye-popping numbers from Samuel. You see a lot of the bigger numbers elsewhere, but what he's able to do on third down over the last couple of weeks, and I, you know Bridgewater's getting comfortable looking for him on third down. That's To me, that's where it's all not all going to matter, but a lot of it's going to really hinge on uh, Buster Screen here to hold down the fort. All right, Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge. And I'm up first. I have the Bears run offense versus the Panthers running defense and we already talked about what a conundrum this already seems to be mentioned and we'll say it again on paper it looks like this should bode well for the bears but uh, for some reason i have a hunch like you nick uh, without james daniels it's really not going to matter perhaps who they go up against this offense may struggle to run the ball yet again and do i wish that the bears can come off the bus running absolutely i just haven't really seen it happen consistently consistently enough to just have pure 100 percent confidence and faith right now uh, this will be a week that tells us if the Bears can run against poor defenses, and it may be silly of me, but I'm going to give the slight edge to the Bears here uh, just because uh, Carolina, again, second in the NFL in yards allowed per carry. Uh, I'm as disgruntled about uh, the piss-poor rushing attacks over the last few weeks, and uh, I need to remember those again. We're against top five defenses against the run, but if the Bears can't find a way to run on Sunday, again, my confidence in them completely out the window. So I'm going to give them a slight edge. I feel like if I was like, yeah, they have a complete edge here, um, I'm not doing myself a service because, honestly, uh, we haven't really seen that yet. So slight edge because of the paper matchups look favorable. We'll see if they can turn that into actual production on Sunday. So for you, Nick, on offense, Bears passing attack versus that Panthers run. I mean, geez, well, I guess they easily won that one. But the Panthers passing defense, which I think this was a very difficult one. Yeah, and like like you said with the rushing attack, we haven't seen a complete game. We haven't seen a complete game out of the passing offense either, but we were talking earlier at the top of the show how important it is, I think, for Nick Foles to have a good game. Even though it's not the easiest matchup, it's not as hard as it was the past two weeks in terms of trying to go against a defense with the caliber of playmakers. Like The, the Panthers don't have 
too many. So I think looking at this matchup, this is the best opportunity for Nick Foles to kind of showcase that he could take advantage of what the defense has given him, hit his wide open receivers, play Matt Nagy's game. It, whatever it may be, however they do it, he needs to execute. So I'm giving the slight edge to the Bears, even though looking at this Panthers defense, their pass defense is what is, I guess, the strength, right? They're not overall very great, but that is the strength of their defense as of right now. Um, I think that, you know, Matt or Nick Foles really just has to hit those layups. If he could do that, I mean, this offense looks, I think, a little bit different. That's something Mitch Trubisky couldn't do. And as of right now, we're kind of seeing similar out of Nick Foles. Put a complete game together. This is a defense to do it against because it, it doesn't get much easier. Uh, we haven't done preview for for next week's opponent or down the line, but you have to take advantage of what it is right now, so I'll give it to the Bears. I think one thing that really helps is their lack of pass rush. I mentioned only five sacks this season. They're only second quarterbacks on 2.67% of dropbacks. Uh, which is the worst rate in the NFL. So the pass rush not being a huge factor with someone like Nick Foles, who's actually he's been getting the ball out pretty quick himself, uh, could bode well for the Bears. So slight edge I like, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, moving on to the defense, I'll go ahead. I'll take the Bears passing defense versus the Panthers passing offense first. Um, and this one, Nick, was very difficult because we mentioned it. The Panthers provide the Bears with its biggest test in this regard. And taking everything into consideration, you know, the Panthers do a decent job of protecting Bridgewater. Teddy's been getting the ball out in a hurry. Panthers are good, uh, just getting good production from uh, multiple playmakers, including Mike Davis coming out of the backfield. Carolina's speed itself, we haven't talked about that a lot, but that speed is going to pose a threat in its own right. Uh, and just like with my other edge, I think it's just a week where we're going to learn a lot about this Bears team and who they are. And uh, if they can just hang tight against a very effective passing attack this week, you know, my confidence in the secondary is going to go way up. And this really, when I look at this game, it's strength versus strength. Uh, I mentioned it. Bears are laying the second lowest pass rating in the NFL, and it's going to be tested. This one, Nick, everywhere I look at it, it's literally a flip of a coin. And Teddy, he can have a good day. Uh, we saw him do it against this defense a year ago when he was in New Orleans. Uh, but when I thought about matchups and I thought about what deems an edge and who will succeed versus who won't, I think we're going to see them move the ball through the air. I think we're just, we got to understand that's probably going to happen. But what determines if the Bears get the edge or the Panthers is what happens in the red zone when it really matters. When I look at this red zone offense for Carolina, Bridgewater, he's 20th in the NFL with only four passing touchdowns down there, three of which come inside the 10. It's rare when you see a team get inside the 10 on this Bears defense so far. Uh, Panthers, they are 27th in the NFL in the red zone, scoring touchdowns on only 50% of the red zone trips. Uh, we know this Bears defense has been the epitome of bend and don't break. Uh, best NFL red zone defense at 36.84% conversion rate allowed. So, if you believe in bend and don't break, which has been working for the Bears, even if the Panthers move the ball through the air, but they're settling for field goals, you give the edge to the Bears here. So it's the red zone Bears defense, which gave them the slight tilt over here. But outside of that, boy, it's going to be an interesting uh, test. And I bet you Carolina's going to test them in the red zone even more than what it feels like they are as well. But Nick, over to you. Bears run defense versus that Panthers rushing attack. We're going to the Panthers rushing attack, and I think just given how how inconsistent this Bears rushing defense has been, and we've seen every running back so far really take advantage of them, um, unless they just 
magically and sp- sporadically just increase their level of play, fill those running lanes, and are able to make clean tackles, then they're not going to win. They're not going to have a chance of winning this matchup. I think Mike Davis, he, like we were talking earlier, here he's he's out for some blood. He's out for some revenge. And I think even Chuck Pagano was saying, you know, if we play like we did last week, we're going to give up 200 to this guy. So Chuck Pagano sees that he's a threat. I think we as Bears fans know he's a threat. And the Bears, obviously, defense knows that too. And even if they, you know, are able to stop him, maybe in the fourth quarter, I think looking overall on the day, you're going to see the rushing yards are going to be there. And look, this is a a pretty good offense. Like the initial perception at the very top of the show – you wouldn't have thought that going into this matchup. But they're pretty balanced in terms of rushing to pass attempts to getting the ball out to their their weapons and just running the football with Mike Davis ball people. So I'm going to give the the edge to the Panthers rushing attack. I think they have enough just in Mike Davis to really capitalize on what the Bears aren't good at right now on defense. So it's three slight edges for the Bears. And then are you going to call this one a handy edge or like a pretty solid edge for the Panthers? Yeah, this would be a, a solid edge for them, um, given everything that I just talked about. Okay, so it's, I mean, it just shows how close I think this game could be and just how these teams match up strength versus strength or weakness versus weakness uh, across the board here, besides uh, what you just mentioned, which is a strength versus a definite weakness here for the Bears so far. Moving into the final portion of our show, it's time to hand out our weekly predictions. We always begin with our bold prediction. So, Nick, what's going to be your Week 6 bold prediction? Yeah, bold prediction. The Bears only have one rushing touchdown on the season via David Montgomery last week against the Buccaneers. But in this one, he's going to get three rushing touchdowns in this game. The Panthers have only they've given up eight, which is uh, bottom in the league, or one of the top five most uh, rushing touchdowns. So, David Montgomery goes off we you were talking about it well you want to see that staple game from david montgomery maybe he doesn't get the yards but if he gets in the end zone will you take that well what if it's a low rushing uh yardage game but man this guy gets in the end zone three times does that is that a staple game where you still wanting to see a little bit more well, like maybe on. they're five yards okay so from five yards out i almost would, mm-hmm. wouldn't you put that more in the offensive line David Montgomery shakes two guys, runs over one of the linebackers, maybe hurdles a guy too. Backflips for Tariq Cohen, a little celebration for him, a little homage. If he does the backflip, fine. Uh, I do want to see the yards, <laughs> though, but uh, I'm not going to complain with three touchdowns. Fun fact, Nick, my bold prediction was a three-touchdown day for David Montgomery, two rushing, one receiving. So we're very much in line. I do have a backup, though, luckily, and that's going to be uh, two defensive touchdowns, uh, which is a little – a bit of a tribute to the last time that the Bears played the Panthers. If, uh, I'm sure you remember, Nick. I remember as well. Uh, a few years ago, Eddie Jackson with his two touchdowns, both coming right at us. We had great end zone seats that game, and both of them were Eddie Jackson coming right at us, whether it's the pick six or the scoop and score. And uh, that was one of the most fun games I've ever been a part of. I don't know about you. That was an awesome game. And, I mean, Brandon obviously was there too. Jordan, like, that was just a... That was just a fun game all around, but I'm glad. So, you know what? It's funny, Will, because we were on point with a lot of our stuff in this show. Like, it was on par. And I'm like, I bet you Will has Montgomery for three touchdowns. Maybe not rushing. And I had that thought, and it came to fruition. I can just read the future. I also had the Bears. I won't say the prediction yet. Yeah, let's not do that just yet. We need to predict the MVB 
Which position does your MVB play? <laughs> well, uh, given that my guy scored three touchdowns in my bold prediction, I've expected a big day out. He plays running back. Oh, cool. We went a little bit differently. Because uh, how I, if you remember the last time I asked, we, we went with a specific position. So that's why I was like, let me just ask. So I think you're leaning and you're leveraging your bold prediction. I think where you're going makes a lot of sense. So spill the beans, man. Yeah, I'm going Artavia. No, David Montgomery's gonna, <laughs> David Montgomery's going to be the MVP. I think this is going to be that that staple game that Will was talking about. Even though the offensive line has been shaky, this is a defense that I think you take advantage of. I really do getting to the edge, and David Montgomery's going to be a big part of that. Whether it is making a guy miss when the offensive line isn't capable of maybe blocking that that extra defender. You know David Montgomery's good at making people miss, and I think he's going to capitalize on the matchup. This is a it's a weakness versus weakness. The Bears rushing attack versus the Panthers rushing defense. But I have a lot of faith in my guy David Montgomery, so I think by you know the end of the game, he will be the MVP. All right. I'm flipping the coin. I'm going Bears defense. I'm going Roquan Smith because he's gonna shut down Mike Davis, knock on wood. But this is again we're predicting, so if he becomes the MVP, he needs to do that for the most part. Forced the Panthers to look uh, to expose the outside corners, and we all know that's going to be very hard to do. And uh, he's going to make the Panthers have to, you know, play how the Bears want to play, and not the other way around. Not scramble to figure out how to stop and contain Mike Davis and help and all of those things. And uh, so, if Roquan Smith can do that, uh, he doesn't need to lead the team in tackles or anything of that nature. But if he can slow down what Davis is able to do, primarily after contact, and have some more sure tackling than we saw a week ago. Uh, I can see Roquan ending up as our MVB guy at the end of the day. But, Nick, looking at our game picks, reach three and two. Uh, we both, I think we did ourselves, uh, we helped the Bears out by taking less pressure off of them or taking some pressure off of them heading into that Buccaneers game. But we both picked Tampa Bay. We were both wrong. We are both glad we were wrong. But now we're both three and two on the season, a chance for one of us, both of us, to drop to 500 um, after this week, who do you got and what's going to be the final score? Yes, yeah, so I do have the Bears winning this game. It's going to be a close one. I have actually 24-21, to 21, so that bold prediction with the three rushing touch. And we are on the same page again. But, yeah, it's going to be a little, it's going to be close. I think that these defenses are going to give up some points. But 24-21, Bears winning this game. So now we'll... Are you just going to go with the exact same score that I have, or are you going to change on the fly? No, I'm not changing it. This is what I thought. This is. <laughs> Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Uh, yeah, 24-21 Bears. Nick, I already know it's going to be the end of the year. We have this bet where we're going to wear all this NFC North gear around downtown Chicago. Why do I feel like we're both going to have to do it? I know. You know, how it's looking right now, that's what it's going to be. And, hey, I mean, it's better that both of us. No, no. I, I'd rather not, but I'd rather not, but that's what's going to end up happening. I can't believe you took my score. I mean, <laughs> again, I I feel like the Bears will give up points. I mean, I feel like 21, though. Can I, I'll change it a little bit. 
I'll do okay. So seven. You give up one touchdown. You give up three more field goals. That would be nine. Seven plus nine is sixteen. I'll do twenty-one. Twenty-one sixteen Bears. I'll change it on the fly. Ben, but don't break defense. Okay. Comes. I I expect it to be more likely the Bears give up a lot of field goals instead of three touchdowns against this team. So there we go. Twenty-four to twenty-one is the pretty number. We'll do the more difficult Bears-esque type of game. Twenty-one sixteen. Bears win. There we go. All right, cool. That way it's not exactly the same, but geez, Nick, uh, it's, it's <laughs> nuts, uh, but it's it's uh, a product of working with each other for five years now. Uh, so moving forward, confidence meter, and if by golly, if you have 6.5, I'm kicking your butt. Okay, well, um, I was going to go 6.7, so wow. really close in, in, in the in the confidence meter, but we talked about how close we could have given the edges to in all these all these matchups with the Bears and Panthers, except for the run, rushing attack versus the rushing defense. That was the only one that was the outlier. All the other ones can go in either direction. So it's, I think the Bears will win, but it's going to be, like our, our, like our scores indicate, it's going to be a close game. Probably will come, Most likely with the Bears will come down in the fourth quarter, last drive, something of that nature. Hope it doesn't, but that's how Bears games go, and I am confident that they'll win but it's right it's again right it's a toss-up almost but i'll go with the bears and that's why we're a little over five into the sixes and we're not going crazy here into the eights or the nines and the ever so rare 10 that pretty sure the one time we did that it may not have bode well for us we'd have to check the historical records but yeah i'm sitting here at 6.5 nick we i mean we hit on all the details about how these two teams match up and I don't think I need a rehash again. I think it's just going to come down to the, to the Bears' ability to really hold offenses in the red zone or keeping them right out of the red zone and just forcing them into field goal situations. Like the Bears' defense from uh, opposing one or their own one all the way through like the 30-yard line, 35-yard line, you're like, eh, whatever. And then you get inside that area, and they just like always flip a switch, and that should be enough this week. The Bears should find enough offense this week if the Bears' defense can do what they've done all season. Uh, the Bears should find enough offense to win. And, again, it's probably not going to be pretty. Uh, it's probably going to be a game where we may have concerns afterwards. So we're not going to be toasting and, you know, Super Bowl bound or anything like that. But I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. We're going to learn where the Bears kind of stand up on some of these things. Uh, the secondary, uh, the ability to run the ball against malleable defenses or not. And I think those answers, win or loss, is going to – help us shape really what kind of season we're going to have and our expectations for not just next week, but I think for the next few weeks um, as we kind of learn some of these uh, important answers that we all have questions for. So, Nick, any final thoughts as we wrap things up? You know, I think for going to the offensive side of the ball, I want to see what Nick Foles can really do in this matchup against the Panthers. This is uh, this is week three. This is third week starting and I think it's about time we see Nick Foles just be that quarterback that I think Matt Nagy was kind of envisioning for this offense, just capitalizing on whatever the defense is giving him. Then defensively, look, I, I know I said that I'm not um, very confident in the Bears' rushing defense. But, man, if they can make a statement game and stop the Panthers somehow, that, I think, confidence-wise in the defense really ascending to that elite level, you got to feel good about what the Bears can do on that side of the ball. But I think it's a really good matchup. Like we said last week with the Bucks, that was a staple game. And that's a staple win for the Bears. They beat Tom Brady at home on Thursday Night Football. 
this is another big test. It really is against a good Carolina Panthers team, so we'll see what happens there, but I'm really looking forward to the Sunday matchup. Now, Nick, I told you before we went live, I had some homemade chicken pot pie, and it was very good, by the way. I only had a little bit. I'm uh, going to get more after the show because I didn't know that pie crust needed to sit out and then you can unroll it. I thought it was like almost like any other dough I've ever bought before where it's malleable right out of right out of the gate. I guess malleable is a fun word I've used twice now to end this show. But uh, the lesson here, I'm, I'm long-winded today, but it had to sit at room temp for about 45, 50 minutes, and then you can unroll it. So like Nick Foles, and he came in, we thought he was going to be, hey, you're going to throw him in his offense, we'll unveil everything, and it'll be good to go. But maybe it takes some time for it to – get to room temperature, get acclimated, and then you can start putting it into the pie sheet and filling in the crust and make yourself some delicious chicken pot pie. So maybe week three of Nick Foles starting is when we start getting our own chicken pot pie, but as the Chicago Bears quarterback. How'd I do? Chicken pot pie game. That's If they win and it's because of him, that's what I'm going to say the first thing we got on this pot, or the post-game show, the chicken pot pie game. But the lesson is sometimes things take time, and we do live in a society where you want it now, you want it today, you want it, you know, Amazon same-day delivery type of things. And I'm hoping, again, this secondary is tough, but who knows? I mean, we know there's so much potential on this offense. We know We believe there's talent on this offense. Now, people outside of the organization may not see the talent. I believe it's there. We've talked about it uh, for a year now, I would say, and it's time that they start tapping into it. And I think it goes back to David Montgomery. Can they tap into him this week against the defense? He should have a good day against. I really hope so. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Again, the Bears, we both have very close victories, and it's going to be a tough matchup, but every game that the Bears have is a tough matchup. It's just how it goes and we'll see how it all plays out so i want to thank everyone for tuning in listening to our week six post game show and i hope you feel more prepared for a kickoff a big shout out to adam johns again for taking some time to hop on the show earlier nick has his copy of the johns book the big 50 mine's in the mail and if you want to grab your copy head on over to chicagoaudible.com slash big dash 50 that's five O, and use the promo code bears 30 b-e-a-r-s three zero all one word that gives you 30 percent off the retail price of any print copy of the book and adam i thought i did a great job of explaining why you you want this book and uh if you've been a bears fan over the last couple of decades it's not all about just the bears legends it's very much more modernized and you're gonna love uh, hearing more about olin crudes devin hester brian urlacher jay cutler uh, some of your old which is crazy time goes too fast beloved chicago bears we'll be back on sunday afternoon as soon as the final whistle blows for our next post-game show will we be discussing a five and one chicago bears team heading into the second half of october we're gonna find out soon nick and i think that's pretty possible but until then bear down chicago Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring 
then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 